When you have questions about guns, the shooting sports, or your rights, where do you turn? Do what the pros do. When they have questions, they go to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. Tom hosts several programs on the Outdoor Channel, is a noted book author and magazine editor, and he hosts the first and only national talk radio show pertaining to these issues. You can participate by calling 1-800-TALK-GUNS and join us in the chat room at guntalk.com. Now, prepare yourself for a no-nonsense, straightforward approach to firearms and related topics. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. He's cocked and locked and ready to talk. Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, brought to you by the Outdoor Channel. Well, I guess I better start talking into this thing. Hey, welcome again. Hey, I'm Tom Gresham. <laughs> We're having so much fun. I got started early today, so uh, just bear with me. We're having a good time. By the way, the show is Gun Talk, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Today is, uh, we'll talk about guns. We're also going to talk about Memorial Day and what it means to you. And are you proud to be an American? Should you be proud to be an American? There's an interesting question for you. We'll get into that as we go along. Also, uh, one of our latest anti-gun people, Michael Douglas, husband of Catherine Zeta-Jones, making commercials for the United Nations and their anti-gun conference. They're going to be holding over, wait for it, the 4th of July weekend in the United States of America. Yes, the United Nations, which is working on gun bans. I'd like to have some global gun bans. It's working real hard on that. Michael Douglas is making commercials for them. We'll also talk a bit about some things that are going on in Ohio, some court cases there, some uh, some actions. Also, there uh, a U.S. representative has introduced a bill that would make it legal for you to purchase guns across state lines. The idea being, and it actually sounds pretty good to me. It makes sense. The idea being that the, the prohibition against anti or, or buying a gun across state lines uh, came about in 1968, and now we have this instant check system where the FBI okays every purchase of a gun from a dealer. So why should it matter if you're buying a gun in your state or in another state if the FBI is a participant in every single transaction? And if the FBI says, yeah, this guy's okay, this gal's okay, well, why shouldn't you be able to, if you're on a vacation in Washington State, you find a gun you like, shouldn't you be able to buy that and take it home with you? Well, it makes some sense. I like that idea. We'll, uh, we'll also be talking about some interesting guns that are out there. And if you have a gun that you'd like to talk about or a, a cause you would like to put forth, well, why not? Well, it's, it's a good day for talking about causes. Memorial Day, when we're remembering those who have served us, those who are serving us. And, and I'm going to repeat a number of times. I'm going to ask you. You know, we all say we're proud to be in America, where at least I know I'm free. Are you? Are you free? Are you free to go about your business the way you want if you're not hurting people? Well, the answer, of course, is no. You're really not free to go about your business. You know, my, my whole thing is you're, as long as you're not hurting anybody, as long as your actions don't impact somebody else, you ought to be able to go, go anywhere you want to, and you ought to be able to do Anything you want to, you most certainly cannot do that in the United States of America as we know it now. Are there things that we could do about that? Well, possibly. I just got through reading an interesting three-part series by Jeff Snyder in the American Handgunner magazine. If, uh, if you want to read it, it's I mean, truly, 
fascinating and eye-opening. Uh, AmericanHandgunner.com slash GunRight, GunRight, R-I-G-H-T, for a three-part series. They're most interesting on uh, civil disobedience, nonconformity, nonviolent resistance to government actions. And his point was, was well-made. He What he was saying was, look, we... We hear people all the time in gun circles say, well, you know, the Second Amendment was really about fighting tyranny, and it was ensuring that the populace of the United States would have guns so they could overthrow a tyrannical government. Yeah, okay. Uh, I give you the big yeah, but on that one. You get a yeah, but. Yeah, but. Is that what you're really going to do? Is that, I mean, come on. And seriously, from a moral standpoint, if that's what you'd like to contemplate, then certainly you should give some time to thinking about nonviolent means of changing government actions. If you think that, you know, some particular action is wrong, surely you can think of nonviolent ways to go about that. And it's an interesting, thought-provoking article. It's a three-part article. Very good. Jeff Snyder, in case you don't know or don't remember, don't link it, is the fellow who wrote the truly compelling and very interesting uh, article, The Embarrassing Second Amendment, uh, A Nation of Cowards. Uh, he wrote a piece called A Nation of Cowards. It was very interesting. So interesting stuff out there. A lot of things going on. By the way, we have the chat room up and running. Uh, if you go to guntalk.com, you can click on chat and join the folks. Today, so, you know, the kids will do a backwards day. Sometimes today is uh, be an anti-gunner day, I guess. We have today logged in on the chat room Barbara Boxer, Diane Feinstein, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Michael Moore, I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're having way too much fun over there. Guntalk.com, you click on chat. Our number here is very simple. It is 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. If you give us a call, we'll throw you right up here on the air. And by the way, you do not have to agree with the host. In fact, a lot of times it's more fun and certainly for me, more educational when you don't. 866-TALK-GUNS, you're listening to Gun Talk. This portion of Gun Talk is brought to you by Marlin, built in America by American craftsmen since 1870. For generations, American sportsmen have made Marlin rifles their first choice for putting meat on the table, strong, accurate, and solidly dependable. Marlin rifles set today's standard for quality and reliability. See your Marlin dealer and choose the rifle that's made right for you. Marlin, when you've hunted long enough for the best. Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces. The polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. Browning has been the leader in auto-loading shotguns from the very beginning, starting 90 years ago with John M. Browning's famous Auto 5. But Browning designers haven't been sitting still. Their new model, the Gold, redefines what a gas-operated shotgun should be. In wing shooting, feel is the key, and the Gold flies to the shoulder with a liveliness never before seen in an auto-loader. The shorter, lighter-weight receiver puts the balance between the hands, where the top shooters want it. And the short piston stroke makes for an extremely clean shooting gun. 
The Browning Gold adjusts automatically to any load, from one-ounce target ammo to heavy three-inch magnums. And unlike some 20s, which are built on a heavy 12-gauge frame, the Gold 20 is a true 20-gauge, using its own smaller action. Of course, all Gold shotguns exhibit the high quality and attention to detail that shooters everywhere have come to expect from Browning. Discover the new standard, the Gold Standard in auto-loading shotguns. Check out the Gold 12 and 20 at your local Browning dealer. When you finally know what you want in a 1911, it's time to step up to a Springfield Armory custom-loaded 1911A1. These babies come with the works. Starting with the time-proven 1911, these pistols include many of the high-end features that make Springfield the 1911 of choice for the country's most demanding users, like the FBI's elite SWAT teams and hostage rescue team. Features include Novak low-mount tritium sights, beaver tail grip safety, titanium firing pin and adjustable speed trigger, ILS integral locking system, loaded chamber indicator, and much more. Of course, every custom-loaded 1911 comes with the exclusive Springfield Armory Limited Lifetime Warranty. With Springfield Armory, you can have it your way. Pick a full-size, mid-size, or micro-compact custom-loaded Springfield from the extensive list of models, calibers, and options. Call 1-800-680-6866 or visit SpringfieldArmory.com. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. 866-TALK-GUNS. Easy to reach us, 866-TALK-GUNS. Um, I'm Tom Gresh, and the show is Gun Talk, in case you just arrived and you're wondering, who is this guy talking about guns on my radio? Well, we're having fun. We talk about using guns recreationally, using guns for personal protection, using guns basically just mostly, I mean, you know, to be realistic about it, mostly to have fun. We go out and we shoot. We shoot targets. We shoot clay targets, break targets. We knock over tin cans. We shoot holes in paper. Um, that's what we do, and we have a lot of fun with it. Sometimes the fun we have in our shooting at the range is part of our training for personal protection. Those of us who have decided that we would like to not have to depend upon someone else to take care of us. Hurricane Katrina comes to mind where a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people, a million people were let down. All the politicians who said, we'll be there for you, all the police who said, we'll be there for you, weren't there for them. And the only people who were there for them were them, the people. Because the police couldn't get to them, and when they did, sometimes it was worse than not getting there at all. The politicians certainly weren't there. And you had roving gangs, raping, mugging, murdering. And the only people who were there were the would-be victims, the people who the, the predators were trying to prey upon. And in some cases, the would-be victims said, Nah, not today. And I have a gun, and I'm going to take care of this. And it made the bad guys go away. And in some cases, the police came... And they took the guns away from the law-abiding people. They took the guns away. They took away the means of protection. They took away the means of preserving life from law-abiding people who were doing nothing. Nothing to endanger anyone. So, some of us decided recently, after 9-11 or after Katrina 
seeing this on TV. Some of us decided, some people decided recently, you know, I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm going to figure out what it takes to do this. I'm going to do this right. Some of us, like me, have been doing that for years and saying, you know, I know better than to trust someone else to protect me. Uh, recent case, uh, I'll have to dig it up. Uh, somebody sued the police because they had them on 911 and the police didn't come. Didn't come. And didn't come. And this guy's breaking in the, the door, breaking in the door. And finally, the homeowner has to shoot the uh, intruder six times and sued the police department for 10 million bucks. And the police, you know, they said, well, hey, we can't be everywhere. And, you know, that's. And the police is interesting. They said, well, that's. It points out the fact that. We need more police. No, it doesn't. You're wrong. That's not what it points out at all. It points out the fact that everybody's got to take care of themselves. You can't have enough police, and I hope to God we never have enough police where it'll take care of everybody. Because a government who's big enough to give you everything you want is certainly big enough to take it all away. So the homeowner was wrong, too. The homeowner was wrong to sue the police. Because there's this mistaken idea that the police, their responsibility is to take care of us. That's not their responsibility. And if you count on that, you're a fool. You are a fool. You have a responsibility. You have a duty. You, individually, have a responsibility to take care of yourself, to take care of your family. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me, but uh, wade right in. 866-TALK-GUNS is our number. Um... I had an interesting thing happen this week, um, and it, it's, it, this is going to be weird. Bear with me here while I work my way back around to figure it out. I'll show you how it pertains to shooting. A long, long time ago, as Don McLean used to say, um, I was a drummer. We're talking a long time ago. I sold my drums 31 years ago. I was a really good drummer. Uh, in all in all modesty, and um, did that a lot. Played a lot. Played daily. Played professionally, and I was good at it. But I hadn't played for thirty something years. And then uh, the church I'm in has a uh, they call it a blue jean service, and the drummer needed to go out of town. And they the folks there knew that I used to play, and they said, "Hey, could you come fill in?" I said, "Well, it's going to be ugly." They say, well, you know, that's okay. And the, the good news is when you play in the church, they don't boo. and They generally won't walk out. Although they have, we have been known to see people put their fingers in their ears when the band's playing. Uh, that's okay. So we practiced uh, last Thursday, and I got a chance to practice a little bit with them. And I played, they had a, a drum set I could borrow. And it was, um, it was rough. And then today we played this morning in service, and it was better. Uh, but, it, you know, it came back. But the interesting part is this. All of that stuff is still in my head. I can hear every piece of syncopation. I know exactly what to do. I know when to come in. I know when to go out. I know exactly what needs to be done. You know what the problem is? It's in my head, and it won't go to my hands and my feet anymore. Now, it would, you know, if I went out and practiced for a month or so of serious practice, I could get most of it back. But what was interesting, I was thinking about that, thinking, you know, there is a parallel here for those who buy a gun and say, you know, I, I used to shoot a lot, and I know how to shoot, and, and I've, I've got a gun for self-protection, and that gun hasn't been out of that nightstand drawer 
in years, and the gun has not been to the range, and this person has not been shooting for years. And I understand, because it's still all up there in your head. You know how to operate the gun. You know exactly what needs to be done. You know how to work the safety, how to work the magazine, how you know reload it, how to work the slide, how to do all those things. But your hands don't know it anymore. And when push comes to shove, you know that you need to get your hands to do what they're supposed to do. Um, it, it just struck me that there's a parallel there. If you haven't been shooting for a long time, and if you keep a gun in your home for self-protection, you you need to get out and shoot. You need to practice. And, you know, it's not just a case of being responsible, which it is. And it's not just a case of being safe, which it is, if you're going to keep a gun for self-protection. But it's at least, well, what it is, it's a treat. It's a, it's a thing that you can do to treat yourself. Go out and do some shooting. If you haven't shot in a while, go out there and do it. If you are keeping a gun for self-protection... You need to be shooting, I like to say, shoot at least a box of ammo every three months. A box of ammo for handguns is 50 rounds. That's not a lot of training. It's not really a lot of practice. I know people who shoot 500 rounds a week. But if you shot 50 rounds every three months, if you're, and I'm assuming you're not a shooter at this point. I mean, if you're a shooter, you're going to be shooting a lot more than that. But if you're... If you're not shooting any more than that, you ought to at least be shooting that much. So, 866-TALK-GUNS. A question for you here. Let's take a look. Is there a place where you could be where that knife in your pocket could put you in jail for five years? Yeah. There's a place where you could go. I carry a knife with me all the time. I have a knife in my pocket as I speak. I, if I if I have on pants, I have a pocket knife with me. I use it for cutting twine, for cutting plastic tie wraps, for well, you know, opening cardboard boxes. Well, England, there's a proposal in England to make it to make the the punishment five years in jail for carrying a knife. Let me just read a couple of things out of this news story because there's a reason to this. The reason I point this out is because England, Great Britain, is used as one of the great examples by our gun-banning forces in the United States as the way it should be. You know, we have essentially banned guns in England. This is our ideal. This is what we have to do for the United States. We need to bring that level of civility this is a civilized nation. We've got to bring that over to the United States. This is what we have to do. Let me tell you what they're doing over there. They have so much crime. Their crime rate is twice as high as the United States. They're violent. Let's be very specific. Their violent crime rate is twice as high as the United States. Quick little read here. A serving officer, Mr. Brennan, a director of the Victims of Crime Trust, warned if police and the government fail to introduce mandatory prison sentences for carrying a knife, the situation would spiral out of control. The 46-year-old revealed that 60,000 Londoners have either been threatened or attacked with a blade. 
and that knife crime now outnumbered gun crime by a third. Knife crime. Nice turn of phrase, don't you think? I always thought it was funny when they started talking about gun crime. I mean, if you're a victim of a crime, do you care what the tool was? But we have laws that are specifically set up to deal with gun crime, quote-unquote gun crime. And now they're saying knife crime. Now, did you notice this? He says that the number of knife attacks or people who have been threatened or attacked with a blade is a third higher than guns. Well, kind of goes back to the whole deal of, you know, criminals will get a hold of whatever they need to get a hold of. They will find a way. And the tool is, for the most part, irrelevant. Now, so we get rid of guns, and people are getting mugged and threatened because the crooks know that the good guys don't have any guns. They, they can't protect themselves. Not only can they not protect themselves, it is illegal in England to protect yourself. It's illegal to pick up a golf club and whack somebody who's trying to cut you to pieces. It's illegal. Can't do that. Now... We're going to say, well, we want to make sure that the crooks know that nobody has a knife either. A knife is a really crummy way to protect yourself, but it is possible that you can do it. You need, if you're going to do that, by the way, you need to get some training. Ah, I love this one. Children are murdered on our streets every two weeks as a result of knife crime, and 40%, or 46% of all murders are carried out with a knife, while 12% are committed with guns. Okay, so you, you get rid of the guns, and now you're shocked that people keep committing crime. I mean, what kind of la-la land is this? Oh, here's that, that piece. Snohomish County, this is uh, Washington State where a state Supreme Court has thrown out a $10 million lawsuit against the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office. This is where the uh, Everett man, uh, he tried to sue them. He, in fact, he did sue them. And, you know, they've got the 911 call, and it's, it's terrible. Is it all the cops there? You know, he's telling his son, hold on, son, are the cops there? Oh, my God, you know, it, it goes on and on. But the problem is they're trying to hold the police department, the sheriff's department, responsible for providing protection. That's not where you get your safety. It's not where you get your protection. And to think that way is to turn everything upside down. It's, it's, it's unusual when they can show up to protect you, and you need to remember that. You need to think about it being unusual. You need to understand that basically you're as you always have been. You are on your own, and that's okay. Just understand it and step up to the responsibility and the duty you have to take care of yourself and your family. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast Gun Talk. I'm back with you, Tom Gresham. The show's Gun Talk, and our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. Oh, you have the chat rooms running. Go to guntalk.com. You can... Click on chat and join us over there. Out of uh, Riverdale, just out of Chicago, a 14-year-old teenager who tried to rob a house is recovering after being shot by an elderly homeowner who decided to fight back. 14-year-old breaks in, whacks this guy on the head, leaves him for dead. Uh, what he doesn't realize is this 78-year-old guy is an ex-Marine. He wakes up, goes and gets his gun, shoots the 14-year-old four times. Terrible? Well, police chief called it a good shoot, said he was fighting for his life. Way to go. Good thing. Uh, line three, Mary's with us out of Farmington, New Mexico. Hello, Mary. You're on Gun Talk. Hi, Tom. How Hi. are you? I'm well, thank you. 
Hey, I was going to tell you, I met some Australians, three guys from Australia. Mm-hmm. They are not even allowed to have slingshots, no knives, no paintball guns, no snake guns, and they said their crime rate has tripled. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very sad thing. They had a, a mass shooting over in Tasmania. This was, what, close to 10 years ago now, I guess. And kind of like the Columbine deal here. Yeah. And the the big difference was they didn't have an NRA. And I've talked to Australians, and they'll they'll grab you. Well, let me ask you, what did they tell you? Because I've had them just basically grab me and say, tell people here you know, that it can happen. That's exactly what they said. They said, for God's sake, don't let it happen in America. Mm-hmm. Their crime rate has Rippled. They cannot even have a snake gun. Yeah, and they never, ever imagined that something like that could happen there. I mean, this was Australia, the land of the outback, the land of self-reliant people who would take care of themselves. And, yeah, okay, some guy goes nuts and shoots some people. We're not going to go crazy. Yeah, they did. The, uh, the politicians, the government went in. They banned, let's see, semi-automatic rifle shotguns and handguns and pump-action shotguns. Um, they basically, I mean, they just rounded them up and melted them down and throwing people in jail, and the crime rate has gone nuts. I mean, like I say, it's just tripled. And when you see these folks from Australia, you talk to them. I've talked to competitive shooters from there. And if you really get into it, they'll go two different ways, sometimes at the same time. They get really angry. And they'll get tears in their eyes. Yeah, these guys were really, they said they were gun clubs, but you can't afford to, to belong to them. And if you do have a gun for a collection, you have to have the barrel welded shut. Yep, and if, uh, if you have your guns, you have to keep them at the gun club if you can get the okay to do that. So, now, make no mistake, this is exactly what the gun banners, the handgun control guys, the Brady campaign guys, the Violence Policy Center people, the United Nations uh, group that's working to get gun control laws passed globally, this is exactly what they're looking for. And, you know, and they get to a certain point, of course, they can marginalize gun owners to the point where they say, you know, well, look, you guys aren't even using guns anymore. You don't even need them at all. Well, of course, yeah. they, make, they make it so that you can't use them. And then they say, oh, see there, this thing, is nobody's actually using guns. Let's just ban them all together. Oh, yeah, and their knives. You can't have uh, even a pocket knife. Yep, uh, just what I was saying about England. Yeah, same deal. Hey, Mary, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. uh, I I wish everybody could talk to some folks from Australia or from England, uh, shooters who have had their guns taken away from them. And I know Americans say, well, that's not going to happen here. We have the Second Amendment. Oh, yeah? Let me let me recap. Let's revisit a few things. 1934, National Firearms Act. 1968, Gun Control Act of 1968. You used to be able to walk into a Sears, plunk down your money, and buy a gun. You used to be able to send a check to Sears, and they would mail you a gun. And the crime rate was lower then. So it wasn't like easy availability of guns was causing any crime. So now you've got to have the you got to be a a partner with the FBI every time you buy a gun from a dealer. The FBI is involved in every single firearm sale. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. It's not compatible with freedom. And so don't tell me that the Second Amendment will protect us. It will not. The only thing that will protect us is us of refusing to participate, of engaging in whatever form of civil disobedience, nonviolent civil disobedience, of getting involved on the legislative end, of you know, people say, well, you know, they're not going to take my guns away. Well, 
what are you willing to do? Will you, will you show up when there's a hearing? Will you speak? Will you write letters to the editor? Or will you just shoot your mouth off at the gun club? Greg's in Anchorage on line four. Hey, Greg, you're on Gun Talk. Hey, Tom. I've got a Memorial Day proposal. I've been uh, harping about this for years online, but I thought I'd bring it up here since it's uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, repeal the Hague Convention prohibition on expanding rounds for infantry. Okay, what would, uh, that, what would that do? Well, in, in light of the fact that we've stuck our guys in the sandbox with uh, bullets that are essentially 110-year-old, or, well, at least dating back to 1905. I mean, they're archaic, mm-hmm. non-expanding Spitzer rounds that haven't been state-of-the-art for almost a century now. Yeah, they're basically, we have equipped people with um, less effective ammunition. Yeah, stuff that you and I would scoff at using for home defense or even hunting. And, and no um, police department would ever use it. Exactly. And that's uh, it really gets my goat when I read the stories about, especially since we're dealing with suicidal people over there, once mm-hmm. they do catch them, they tend to blow up or, you know, try to take out as many of our guys as possible. And, and we're going to use, and, yeah, and we're going to use humane ammunition. Yeah, it just, uh, well, I'd like to see them at least given, uh, you know, that as an option when get, they go into these houses yeah. and have something. Take a person down quicker. G- given the uh, state of affairs with the UN and the world uh, basically hating the United States, a good bit of it these days, I think getting that done would be pretty difficult. And here's the other question: Is what if you just ignored it? Now that's a great idea. I mean, I mean seriously, what if you just said, you know, that's uh, the Hague Convention was signed on July 29th, 1899, went into force on the 4th of September, 1900. It's outdated, and we simply choose to ignore it now. That would be fantastic, and yeah. you know, that, that's probably the best-case scenario. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Hey, Rob's in Jackson, Mississippi, line five. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Oh, man, I agree with the last caller. Uh to send out uh, young uh, uh, men and women with less than um, the uh, ammo that that uh, we and the police and and civilian authorities use routinely is just insanity gone mad. It's stuck on stupid. <laughs> it's stuck on stupid. There you go. Stuck on stupid. Okay. General Honore, my main man. Anyway, um, when I was in law school out in California. There was a big study, wasn't done by my school, it was a big, uh, I don't remember how many um, thousands of people surveyed. It turns out, and I'm ashamed to say that my own governor, Haley Barber, was on about quote-unquote gun crime mm-hmm. the other day, and I called, he was on a talk radio program, I called called up and called him called him on it, Yeah. But uh, and he got very defensive. But anyway, um it turns out, at least in this California study that was published once and never heard from again, was that the more lethal the weapon the criminal is using, the less likely you are to go to the emergency room and meet me because I'm in a yard ER doc. Uh, people that were robbed at gunpoint were less likely to be harmed, physically harmed, than those robbed at knife point who were less likely to be physically harmed than those robbed with the help of a club who were less likely to be harmed than those uh, um, robbed by strong-arm robbery. Mm-hmm. So the less le- – now, the, you know, idiots could take this as an argument that we ought to equip all, all uh, armed robbers with, with firearms, but they're, they're going to do that to themselves – 
Hey, Rob, can, can, I, Rob, can, I, Rob, can I get you to hold on a second here? I, there, I got another question I want to ask you, but I've got to get a break in here. Can you stay sure. with us? Okay, listen, I appreciate that. Hey, uh, there's a question. I got, I got an ER doc on the line here. I got to ask a question about this. Our number, 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Be right back with more gun talk. Oh, I knew better, but no. I had to save a few bucks by getting the cheap one. Sure, the LaserMax sights are the favorites of police agencies. Yeah, the LaserMax is professional-grade, tough, reliable, and tested to military standards. Okay, the LaserMax handgun sight is a better design and uses the highest laboratory-quality components, and they require no gunsmithing and have a great guarantee. <sighs> and there was that impressive track record that the LaserMax has stacked up with cops on the street and the fact that it's the only NATO-approved laser handgun sight. But hey, I had to save a few bucks, didn't I? Mr. Jones. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's me. This way, sir. St. Peter will see you now. LaserMax. Professional-grade laser sighting systems. For the dealer nearest you, call 1-800-LASER-03 or visit LaserMaxUSA.com. LaserMax. For those who know what it's really all about. Man, I knew I should have bought the LaserMax. single action revolvers have been around for decades and they are world famous for their strength and reliability but like any firearm they can be dangerous if handled carelessly or improperly for more than a hundred years it's been a well-known safety practice to keep an empty chamber under the hammer of any single action revolver to prevent accidents caused by a drop or blow in 1973 ruger patented the transfer bar safety for its new model single actions which also prevents these accidents and now you can get a similar safety mechanism factory installed free into your old model pre-1973 revolver, whether single six, Blackhawk, Super Blackhawk, or Bearcat. To take advantage of this offer, just write Ruger, and they'll send you the details and a shipping box. The new safety mechanism won't change the gun's appearance, and you collectors, you can get your original parts back. You won't find a better deal than that. Write to Sturm, Ruger, and Company, 1 Lacey Place, Southport, Connecticut, 06490. Dear Lupo, during a hunting trip in Louisiana, a hidden stump capsized our boat. Among the items that sank to the bottom was the rifle my dad gave me and my loop old scope. After two weeks, we recovered the rifle, totally ruined. But as I wiped off the scope's lenses and looked through it, everything was crystal clear. Thanks for making such a high-quality, well-crafted scope. Brad Martin, Louisiana. Loopold, the world's finest sports optics. Call 1-800-929-4949 for the Loopold dealer nearest you. If you are looking for a competition revolver or pistol, the perfect carry gun for personal defense, or the right revolver for serious handgun hunting, the Smith & Wesson Performance Center will meet your needs. Whether your choice is pistol or revolver, Smith & Wesson Performance Center handguns are designed and built to meet the highest expectations, those of the demanding shooter. Current Smith & Wesson revolver and pistol owners can enhance the performance of their handgun with gunsmithing services from the Performance Center. For more information, call 1-800-331-0852 or visit the website at smith-wesson.com. In my profession, there are lots of long, dull nights. Now, we don't mind, because when it goes bad, it goes really bad, totally to hell. Shots fired here. Please, don't move, please. We need reliability, especially in our firearms. I carry Sig Sauer. Sigs may cost a little more, but they're absolutely worth it. I stake my life on it every day. report domestic disturbance in progress, 400 buck trade wind. Uh, Unit 229, we're on it. Sig Sauer. Hell and back reliability for when it counts. 
This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. Hey, welcome back to Gun Talk. We're talking with Rob. He's an ER doc in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Now, Rob, this study you were talking about, uh, explain to me what you think that thing is all about. People, if, they, if a criminal uses a supposedly less lethal tool, then the person, the victim, is more likely to be injured. What's the deal? Well, I think under those conditions, the victim is more likely to resist and therefore ah, sustain injuries. I got you. I got you. And, uh, I mean, after all, if somebody draws down on you, unless you're four-plus stupid, you're going to... Um, you're going to do what he says. You're, you're, going to, you're, you're going to say, take my wallet, take my car, mm-hmm. leave my kid, leave my cat, leave my dog, and leave me alone. Yeah, as long as you're not trying and, to stuff you now, in the again, van. This, yeah. this sounds like I'm making an argument that we ought to arm all uh, uh, armed robbers with firearms, but in fact, uh, not... Only can we say more guns, less crime. We can say lo- more guns, less hospital. We well, you know, of course, there, there's the study that's been done many times, repeated that uh, if you resist a crime, an attack with a gun, you are half as likely to be injured as if you don't resist at all, which goes contrary to the recommendation you get from the police all the time. Well, I think that 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 experienced and thoughtful police will say that if you have a reasonable chance to Retreat and uh, and just give up um, the car or the purse or whatever. Sure. Then perhaps that's better. But uh, I have never heard from Masuda Yuvon down. I have never heard anyone say that you should not resist if you are a woman, especially about to be dragged into a car. You had better fight for your life right there and then. Yeah, don't let them get you in the car. you are for sure going to be found by some Boy Scouts yeah. in a shallow grave 10 months down the road. Let me ask you a question as an ER doc. One of the things that you sometimes hear people say, well, why did he shoot that guy? That guy only had a knife. <laughs> oh, Joseph Wombow answered that question in his book, uh, The Choir Boys, in which he said, if they use... Uh, um, if they use their fist, you use your stick. If they bring out a knife, you use your gun, and you cancel their ticket, quote, unquote. As an ER doc, you, you, they you are see, the ones who you, chose. Yeah, but you they, see this stuff. I'd explain to people. I don't think people understand the extent of what can be done very quickly by somebody who knows what he's doing with a knife. Hey, the 21-foot rule, boss. Yeah, well, I know that, but that's what I'm asking you. Is tell people you're the guy who sees people coming into the ER. Well, I mean, it it, it can happen in a flash, and 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 the next thing you know, you have a, a a knife in your throat, or God knows, or one of your children has been killed, or some ungodly thing. In, in, in other words, what I mean, what we're saying here is, you look, better use de- if you're going to use deadly force, mm-hmm. you'd better make it stick. Consider uh, an attack with a knife to be absolutely as deadly as an, uh, an attack with a gun, so just don't put it off is what we're saying. Hey, Rob, I appreciate the call. I had not heard about that study. I'd heard about the other one, about uh, resisting, but not that one. Interesting stuff. Let's see here. Um, do we still have uh, – how much time do we have, Virginia? Okay. All right, um, we don't have time yet. Mark Taylor, don't go anywhere, Mark. We're going to be coming back and picking you up in just a second here. We're uh, picking up the pieces and having a bunch of fun. Our number here is 866-TALK-GUNS. It's 866-TALK-GUNS. When we come back, we want to talk a little bit more about, well, gun control and 
Does it make sense, or is there anything that you can do about it? 866-TALK-GUNS. This is a reloaded version of a previously broadcast gun talk. Representative Rick Renzi, he's Republican from Arizona, is uh, he's introducing a bill in Congress that would allow you to purchase a gun in any state. Right now, you can only purchase guns in your state, especially handguns. There's a way you could do long guns. But uh, his whole thing, and I think it makes sense, is, look, if the FBI is involved in all of these transactions, and it is, you can't buy the gun from a dealership without having the FBI say, yes, you may, then what's the restriction about buying it in your home state? Why shouldn't you be able to buy one anywhere? We know who the you know who's buying it. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll keep you posted on that deal. Line four, Mark's with us out of Palace Hills, Illinois. Hello, Mark. Hi, Tom. The Hague Convention. I'm quite sure that was originally intended for enemy soldiers. The people we're fighting over there are not enemy soldiers from another nation's army. They're terrorists. They're, high, they're not wearing uniforms. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they don't mm-hmm. have an emblem or an insignia. Uh, they're just coming up in plain clothes and then surprised and they're shooting at us or they're, or they're, or they're tossing in a bomb or coming in a car. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the hate convention was never intended for that. Would you, would you think that that being the case, that our military should be free to say the hate convention does not apply here? Uh, not, I think so. Hmm. As far as I'm concerned, we ought to be able to be, be able to shoot soft point ammo or whatever whatever we we need to. Well, you got to use you know if you're going to shoot somebody, or as Clint Smith says, if you're going to shoot them, shoot them good. Mm-hmm. You know, use the good stuff and make them quit doing what it is they were doing that made you shoot them in the first place. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean seriously, I mean that, I, I, I agree. You know, you, we could talk about whether or not you ought to be shooting people, whether it's war or self-defense or anything else. But once the decision is made, then the goal is to make them cease and desist whatever it is they were doing. Correct. So, yeah. So you and using inferior ammo, which is what our military uses in the form of non-expanding full metal jacket. Yeah, especially uh, when we're using those little two twenty threes instead of a three oh eight. Need all the help you can. Well, that's why they've been dragging all of the M fourteens out of storage out there to try to get some big bullets back in the works. Yeah, I, I've been reading about that too. You bet. Thanks. I appreciate it, Mark. Let's get Dwayne in here on line three before we get out of here in New Mexico. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, love your show. Thanks Thank you. for the opportunity. Sure. Um, I had a bought a gun a couple of a couple of years ago and filled out the little yellow paper and mm-hmm. all they wanted to know was about me. Bought one last year and uh, doggone if they didn't want to know a whole lot more about the gun I was buying. Where's this going to stop? Uh, it will not. It'll stop when they get all the guns unless we make it stop. There's the key. We got to do something. We we have to make it. You know what the problem is? There's fewer than four million people who belong to the NRA. And I'm not saying that the NRA is the answer, but that's a really good example of the problem. And whether you think the NRA is the answer or not, that's a different issue. But the fact that only four million people out of eighty million gun owners have bothered to get involved in this, and, and the fact is, if you go to a hunting club or a trap or skeet range, you'll find a lot of people, possibly the majority of people, who will say, "Oh yeah, we got it. You know, there's no reason to have a assault weapon. Oh yeah, there's no reason to have, fill in the blank." They are very quick to give up other people's guns. Oh yeah, it's not my problem. I got. 
what I need, and I've got to think I've got mine covered, but they really don't. You know, and then you ask the people in Australia, the duck hunters, who say, well, you know, I had that attitude. I didn't know they were actually going to be taking my gun, and they did. They came and knocked on the door, and they said, here's, you know, here's the paperwork, here's the gun you bought, and now you can no longer own a pump-action shotgun nor a semi-automatic shotgun, and you know what? You can't hunt ducks anymore. So for all those duck hunters out there who say, well, I don't care about assault weapons, you are a fool. Hey, I appreciate the call, Dwayne. You make an excellent point. When will it end? I don't know. It will end when we say it has to end, when we will stand up and say no more. Not only do we stop it here, we're going to take back some of our rights. And you do that by getting involved. If you're not involved, you're just sitting in the wagon letting us pull the load for you. 866-TALK-GUNS. It's 866-TALK-GUNS. Tell you what, gun, <laughs> gun talk is coming back. It's your chance to get first in line. 866-TALK-GUNS. 